This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Today, I am super excited to be interviewing my friend, uh, Tristan Winters. Tristan and I are actually part of the same mentorship group. We are uh, coached by our man, Cody McBroom, and um, we have been introduced through there. And I've been watching what he's been doing over the past few months and um, seeing some of the, you know, the results pictures that he's posting of his clients and then, you know, following his content. And uh, we've been passing messages back and forth. And um, I, I'm really attracted to how he lives his life, the, you know, how he is so forthcoming with his faith and, and, you know, how he coaches his clients and stuff like that. So he is a nutrition coach. He uh, runs a company called The Daily Pursuit, which is a very clever name. Um, and, and I'm actually totally envious of the way that he has branded his, uh, his stuff. Um, but today we jump into uh, sustainable nutrition, what that looks like. Um, talk about his own personal habits and routines and uh, ways that, you know, he and you both um, can, or, or how he grows every day, but how you can use some of the things that he does to grow as well. Um, so I'm super excited for you guys to get into the, the interview today. But first, as always, I need your help. Um, you know, the way that this show grows is with the help of, you know, the people that listen to it. And the, the way that you can help me do that would be a rating and review on iTunes. So do me a favor. Head on over to iTunes and give me a five-star rating review on the show. Let me know about guests that you would like to see on the show and, and other topics you would like for me to cover. But the big important thing is that as you share, as you uh, give a rating review, it helps us to climb the charts and helps to get this show into the ears of other people. So that's the first thing you do. The second thing that I'm going to need you to do right away, don't even go further into the show until you get this done. I need you to take a screenshot on your phone. I need to put. I need you to post it on your Instagram story and then tag both Tristan and I in it. He is at Tristan Winters underscore on Instagram, and I am at Coach Cody Smith. As always, we ask for you guys to do that because as coaches, and and you know the the way that we put out content, we do it pretty much because we know that it likes help. That we we get satisfaction out of knowing that it helps people. And I know that both uh, Tristan and I feel the same way about this. Is that you know. If we get this information into the hands of one person and they make a complete and utter change of how they do business, then we have done our jobs for the day and we, we can feel very uh, fulfilled from that. So again, take that screenshot, tag us both in it, and then without any further ado, let's go ahead and roll right into the show. All right, what's up, you guys? Hey, welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I am uh, joined by my friend Tristan here. We're actually in the same mentorship group. I reached out to him a few weeks ago and uh, decided, like, hey, man, it'd be great to have you come on. He's a, a fellow coach, a nutrition coach. He's doing big things in the space. And uh, just simply looking at that dude's IG and the amount of results that he gets for his clients just shows, you know, the, the truth speaks for itself. So uh, I'm just excited to have him on. So, Tristan, how are you doing today, man? Good, man. I appreciate you having me on today, dude. It's an honor. For sure, for sure. So, um, I actually don't even know too much about your story too either. So it would be good, man. Like to walk us through, like you know, birth. I'm just kidding. Walk us through, like uh, you know, how did you get to what you're doing? You know, your whole backstory. Fill us in on where you're at there and uh, where you're at now. Yeah, man. Where it all started. Yeah, dude. So I think I got into uh, got into nutrition and performance just like everybody else. You know, like back in high school, everybody wants to be a better athlete, and so like with the space that I was in, like fitness industry, wasn't really big yet. And uh, man, I just started, I started eating better. I started trying to work out, uh, doing whatever I could. So food wise, obviously, I'm sure we're both in the same boat. 
um, I was eating tons of eggs, tons of chicken, like, um, dude, just Greek yogurt, doing everything in there that I could to just be a better athlete or to get bigger and gain, uh, gain as much mass as possible. Cause that's what right. the industry was, right. It was bodybuilding. And, uh, and so I did that through high school around sophomore to junior year. And uh, I saw good results and, uh, some good, some bad, but, um, I tracked everything. And so, um, I met some guy and he told me a little bit about macros and what that really was. And I had no idea. So I kind of got into a little bit of that and, uh, Dude, I started tracking them. I started helping myself, helping other people, people in my class to the point where I started helping my teachers. Um, and I knew that there was something still a lot bigger than just macros. And I think that's still a lot what the industry is dealing with right now. They're trying to figure out what that, what their truth is, right? Like what that sure. gap is in the industry. And um, man, so I ended up graduating high school and I went to school for uh, nutrition and uh, absolutely hated it. It was like the worst thing in the world because um, I... I'm not terrible at school. I just, I won't apply myself if it's something that um, I don't find beneficial to me or to anybody else. And so that's the whole reason why I wanted to go in for nutrition was for that, like that specific reason, but I wasn't learning anything or I wasn't finding any application in the space. Like it was all the same stuff. Like we still know about the nutrition pyramid, you know, uh, to the point where like I was eating, I think at the time, like maybe like 150 grams of protein. I might've been like 150 pounds. Like my um, RD nutrition professor was like, you need about 50 grams of protein a day. Um, nothing more. And it just didn't make sense. And, you know, like I was going through, um, all of the case studies going through anatomy and physiology, but nobody was really telling me in the industry, um, what it took to take someone from point A to point B. And, uh, I think that's kind of the space that we've learned a lot from Cody and we've really attached to Cody on is that he's been teaching us that, um, you know, we don't really have a weight loss problem in this world. People lose weight all the time doing these fad diets and, you know, due to marketing and detoxes and pills and uh, these like 30 day nutrition plans. So it's like, we don't have a weight loss problem. We have a keeping the weight off problem, but nobody was teaching me through school what that looked like. And so during that time, I was still doing my thing. So learning, I went and worked for a local meal prep company. Um, not for the sheer fact that I just loved coaching because coaching wasn't really a thing then. Um, it was more so I just wanted to learn more about food and why people were coming into this meal prep company. Like what are their goals? And so like throughout that time, I ended up kind of putting people in three different categories. They either wanted to lose weight, um, they wanted to maintain weight or be healthier or gain performance, or they wanted to gain weight. And then so from there, by working at the meal prep company, I was able to start designing meals and um, macronutrient prescriptions based off that of like, how can I help them hit their goal? How can I walk with them up that mountain? And I think that's really where I found the actual applied coaching world. And then I started finding like evidence-based practitioners like, like Cody and like Sam and like Jason, all these really awesome guys who are really doing real stuff in the industry rather than just telling people, you know, what to do or what to eat. And, and that was an end all be all. And so that's honestly, that's where it started for me. Sure. I love that, man. And, and I can identify with so many of those things. Like if you, if I, I can think of just looking through, you know, the muscle and fitness and the men's health and the men's fitness and um, everything was like chicken and broccoli, bodybuilding diets. I remember going to the grocery store. I don't know if you guys have Mountain Tennessee, but uh, food line was like a big deal. Um, in Virginia, so I'd go to Food Line. I'd get their like big frozen bag of chicken. I would, you know, either bake it or boil. It was just I remember just being so grossed out by the entire thing. Um, and I was just wondering, like, there has to be another way. Um, and you know, then you fast forward a little bit. Uh, I discovered, you know, things like Paleo Diet and Zone, just the typical things that you come into as you go through like your your time CrossFitting. And I uh, got to this place yeah. where I actually heard of. Um, I was turned on to a girl by the name of uh, Nicole Caperso and she had made a post one day. She was doing um, this workout program from a guy named uh, Rudy Nielsen. I don't know how far back into the, the CrossFit space you are, but 
Um, so Nicole That's came up, she was coached by a guy named, uh, Rudy Nielsen. Rudy Nielsen ran a company called Artlet, uh, outlaw way. And, uh, she started doing nutrition for a lot of the athletes, but she posted one day this picture of like her, what she called like fluffy paleo, which was like, you know, she was doing the paleo thing. She had abs, she was kind of lean, but wasn't where she wanted to be. Like she wanted to be shredded just like, you know, pretty much everybody in the United States wants to be right. Anybody in the world. Sure. Wants to be. Uh, so she posted that picture and I was like, dude, what's this flexible dieting thing you're talking about? And then, uh, I messaged her uh, right away. She left her email inside of that post. I emailed her and I was like, Hey, what's this, you know, flexible dieting thing you're talking about? She sent me a link to purchase an ebook from, uh, one of her friends called Chrissy May Cagney. She used to run a company called, uh, donuts and deadlift. And, um, so I emailed Chrissy May, asked her for the ebook. She sent it to me. And then just like, this is so my, my, the way that I do things always, it's like, okay, I've learned this thing. I'm going to do it tomorrow. It was like a, a Thursday that I decided sure. to start tracking macros, right? I read this whole book in, a, in like a four or five hour sitting and then started tracking macros the next day. And it pretty much changed the game for like how I view nutrition because, you know, paleo and all these different diets, what do they do? They teach you things that you can't eat. You can't eat. You got to eat in this, you know, this particular parameter versus like, you know, guys like yourself and Jason and Sam, and myself, and, and pretty much everybody that we're associated with, they're more like, you know, well, what type of diet works best for you? And then let's fill that into your lifestyle and stuff, right? Uh, so to be able to eat things like, you know, Cheerios, and I hadn't had rice in years, like to have rice and, and uh, start to eat regular potatoes again, right? It was just this game changer for me. And it really opened up my eyes to the world of like, what was possible. And then, you know, something you said really, really made me think too, is you know like your 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 dietitian who was your uh, professor or whatever that was teaching you things was giving you this ridiculous knowledge and um, things that didn't necessarily make sense but nobody told you how to apply that right and we see that a lot in the strength and conditioning community right these guys they go they get their degrees they come out and they have no idea how to coach people and they've got all this knowledge that they're trying to use but they find that you know it's not that, you know, these perfect principles and these perfect ways that you're supposed to build things don't exactly work for people uh, all the time too. So, um, Hey man. So along with that, you talked a little bit about kind of working with, you know, uh, Jason and, you know, we're coached by the same person too. Uh, I'm curious, how is it, how is it being coached by Jason? What are some things that, um, you know, if you were could, if you can narrow it down to like one or two big things, what are some things that you've really learned from working with Jason? Yeah, I would say probably the number one thing that I learned right off the bat is um, if you're going to be a coach or, you know, this honestly, this applies to anything else in your life, anything that you do, it's know exactly what you want. That's the number one thing that was very tough for me um, as soon as I started working out with Jason is because he was like, you know, the number one question I'm going to ask you before we go any, any further is what do you want? What is your vision? And where do you plan to go? Where do you want to take? Um, your life? Where do you want to take your company? Where do you want to lead people? And these are some of the questions that really got my mind rolling and racing. Because at the time, you know, I've always, I'm a, I don't know if you're too big or like familiar with like the Enneagrams, but like I'm an Enneagram five. And so like for me, like I overthink and I overanalyze everything and I need something to be so much deeper because I, I can't do surface. I can't do surface level friendships. I can't do surface level conversations. I can't do anything that I do has to have meaning um, for the greater good right? I want to, I want to make people better. And so that would be the number one thing is know exactly what you want. Um, get educated on it and then learn how to apply it. Those are the three things that I would say, um, um, Jason and I talk about weekly is be educated. Um, 
um, know what you're doing. So know what you want, be educated, know how to apply it and, uh, and love people, connect with people. Do as, do as much as you can to apply um, your knowledge and your education and your love for other people. Like if you can give as much value as possible, um, I think that that's where you win. Sure. And, and something that really took me, it took me a long time to really come to this realization that like, it's not always, you know, and you pretty much said it, right. It's not always the macros. It's not always the, you know, the, the no. fancy nutrition practices. It's more or less just trying to help people to get aligned, right? Like I always say that like when people are struggling to do their, you know, X, Y, Z, there's a misalignment from, you know, where they are currently to where they want to go. And, and kind of this process that I take people through is really like acknowledging where you are, determining where you yeah. want to go. Uh, then why, of course, goes with that. And then uh, how are you going to do that? And then what daily actions can you take to go to, to like move forward on that thing? Um, so I'd love to you kind of touch on that a little bit. So um, I do see that, and, you know, this is on your, your uh, Instagram and we talk about it a ton too, but, you know, kind of by your definition, like what do you consider? Because everybody really labels themselves, um, you know, with, you know, gosh, sustainable nutrition coach, this type of coach, right? Like, but um, I think there's a special, there's a, there's a special attachment that goes with when you say that you're a connection-based coach, right? So what would you yeah. consider in your definition to be, um, you know, a connection-based practitioner in really any sort of coaching atmosphere? Yeah, sure. So I think that if you were to take 10 of my clients, I'm sure that all 10 of those clients would tell you, um, or they would describe me as a specific coach to them. And I would say that it just all 10 names would probably be different. Um, as far as being a connection-based coach, I would say um, I'm nothing more than a, I would say that I'm an accountability coach. I, you know, when I start where I onboard a client or I figure out where a client wants to be, I always view that peak for them um, at the top of the mountain. And so my goal as a coach is how can I take you from where you are and how can I walk with you up this mountain? And to me, that's accountability. To me, that's connection. That's me not saying here's macros or here's these foods to eat um, or this training program. It's saying, hey, what does your life currently look like and how can I make it more abundant? And so I would, in my opinion, I would just say that I'm an accountability coach and I wouldn't really say a life coach because I mean, I'm 23 years old and yeah. <laughs> 23 year olds can't be a life coach, right? Um, I would just say that I'm an accountability coach, man. Um, I just want to do whatever I can to help this person get to the next level. And that's why when I have like a sales call or an accountability call, or they come to me and they reach out and they say, Hey, I want to be coached by you. Um, can you tell me about your program? Can you tell me about your diet? And to be honest with you, Cody, man, like I tell them every single time, I'm like, Hey, like, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a diet. I don't have a specific plan. I don't have a template. I don't know anything about you. And so what I need to know is where are you, where have you been? Where are you currently at? And where, can, like, where do you want to go? And so as soon as I can figure out those three things, we can break down every aspect of your life and I can figure out and give you vision on how to make your life more abundant without it being more restrictive. And I think that's what everybody's wanting. And I think there is something, there's some, there's some real merit to, um, to, to coaching on a deeper level, right? There, there are yeah. still a lot of coaches out there to do the exact opposite. They do give them the macros or the, you know, the meal plan or the, you know, the template that kind of helps them to do things. And well, you know, in the absence of the coach, there's a lot more of a failure rate, right? Which makes it hard for guys like you and I that want to sure. do it the right way. We want to take our time with it. We want to make sure that we, you know, I think maybe handholding is a bad word, but I can't take another word for it right now, but we want to walk them through the process and, and really take our time with it. Um, and that's super interesting because, um, I think in the short term, people almost always want you to 
um, you know, give them that secret, right? Whereas like, you know, I, I, let's just take our time with it. Yeah. Let me get to know you. Let me, let me figure out what, what kind of makes your gears turn. And then we can go from there. So how often is it 100% not the diet and 100% the, the mindset or the, the, the mental side of it when you work with people, right? Because I, I know that I find yeah. it a certain way when I coach people, like it's almost always never, um, it's almost always loud. never, it's fine. Uh, no, you're good. I'm is it? Uh, it's almost always never the, the diet, right? It's almost always like getting them to buy in on it or getting them to think differently, right? So for you, do you find that the same? Yeah, can you hear me right now? Yeah, we're good, we're good. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, I would say, honestly, I would say a lot of the time, it's, it's not necessarily just the diet. And I think I say that because a lot of the time when it comes to transformation and the reason people reach out to us, it's because they are so focused on the diet. And so to them, um, that's all they care about. So if the diet's good, whatever we're going to call it good, their sleep is typically terrible, their, their self-development, their gratitude time, um, the relations, their spiritual life, their, um, everything else is kind of downhill because they're so focused on, they're willing to compromise everything just to fix their diet so they can be here. So I think when they come to me, I think they, there's a, a big shift of mindset where it's like, okay, well, let's provide structure in your, in your, in your day of eating. And let me say, what, like, what does a normal day look like for you? What is a day of eating? What do you want it to look like? And then I will start there. Um, and then we will build around it because I mean, I'm going to consider those like your non-negotiables. So mm -hmm. if you absolutely want some sort of piece of ice cream, like let's make sure that you can do that, but we will build structure out of it. Now, as far as everything else, I think that that's the missing link is, um, is everything outside of like macros, like macros, do they matter? Absolutely. Are they the only thing that matters? No, purely outside of that, everything else is just purely optimization. So I think that's when we start talking about, you know, gratitude time or you know spiritual time or or spiritual development and making sure that you're sleeping enough and and you're not overtraining or you're not under eating so i would say a lot of the time the mindset and those outside variables are honestly like i would say most of it yeah and usually usually i found too like if you guys are listening you know i don't know where you're coming from listening to the show right now but um almost always if you're struggling especially with nutrition and i find this a lot with female clients too is that it's almost always more you almost always have more success when you do get the mental side right and you do start, you know, practicing these simple things um, because that'll go a lot further. And you actually, you can, you can adhere to your diet a lot more quickly um, just by correcting some of those things. Um, yeah, so, and I think it's letting, I think it's letting go of this, this mindset of you always have to be in a, you always have to lose fat or you have to be more shredded or you have to train more. And that's something I think that I see in the CrossFit world, in my space, in my town, um, is that CrossFit really becomes a thing for a lot of people where they just, you know, you start with four days, then you go five days, then you go seven, then you start doing two days, and then that's not working and you're not losing weight. So you, you're down to 1,200 calories and then you're down to 800 calories training twice a day, seven days a week. And I think that, you know, like um, those negative adaptations have just honestly just like wrecked your body and wrecked your metabolism. And so I think that that's something that um, I think we're taking over the um the industry is 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 honestly recovering optimal or restoring optimal biofeedback and teaching them hey like you know jason talks about the triangle of awareness all the time and it's saying that you can have everything that you want just not at the same time so let's prioritize what's most important whether it's aesthetics health and longevity or performance and i think when you start planning out periodization and you teach them what periodization really looks like i think that it honestly gives them a peace of mind i really do once they understand it i believe it does 
And we always hear like what education drives compliance, right? Like the more you can get them to Absolutely. understand what you're doing. Um, so, you know, a lot of people listening to this right now, uh, you know, whether it be coaches or, you know, people just looking to get nutrition advice or whatever it may be. Um, a lot of times there's this understanding that uh, to, and, and it's common, it's common knowledge, right? To, to lose fat, eat less, right? But we often find when clients come to us that um, that actually isn't the best thing for them because they're, they're eating uh, too little, right? So what is that? How do you frame that conversation with the person that's listening to this? And they're like, uh, you know, okay, cool. I'm already, you know, I want to create a result and I kind of fit that, that, that block of like, you know, under eating. How do you frame that conversation with them to get them bought in on, uh, or really push back against all of the information out there that says the exact opposite, all the quick, fix, all the quick fixes. Like how do you push back um, on that and have a conversation with a client? Yeah, I think that those that just comes down to a few more a few questions about, you know, like that comes into like, where have they been? Like, what diets have you tried? You know, what is the past, you know, six months to two years look like of dieting for you? Typically, I'm going to go like we're generally say, you know, they've done this, they lost five pounds, two months later, they gained 10 pounds. And they start going through this vicious cycle of it's now to the point of Tristan, you like, this is my last chance. Like, this is the last thing that I want to do I want to pay for like I just want the truth and I want to do this and so I think that's where you're right education jobs compliance and you get to talk about hey like right now you know you're, you're 28 years old and your sex drive is completely tanked or you're 28 years old and you're sleeping four hours a night or you're on thyroid medicine or um, whatever it may be energy levels are just tanked I'm like well what's most important to you because when they reach out to me typically they're gonna say well I want to lose 20 pounds and I'm gonna say okay why and they're going to say generally, because I want to look and feel better. And so that my next question is like, that's, I want to walk with him through this because I feel like that's what the application really is. And so I'm like, okay, so do you want to lose 20 pounds or do you want to look and feel better? What's most important? Well, I want to look and feel better most importantly. And so it's not negating the fact that they still want to lose body fat because sure. obviously they want to lose body fat. But what's most important is them having enough structure and time to spend with their family, having enough time to spend with their husbands or their wives um, and allowing themselves to also see those fat loss results or performance results. So I think that when you start walking through what their life currently looks like, and then I start showing them, okay, this is why um, reverse dieting is, is going to be very beneficial for you or um, uh, pre like the pre-diet phase. We need to get your body set up um, for a successful diet because like what's going to happen is I could go ahead and put you in a, an, another deficit. And if I hear another post about you, to lose weight, you got to be in a deficit. Like I'm going to go crazy because it's like, we, I think we understand that, but we have to get to the, the, to the part of like, how do we set our bodies up for a, a successful fat loss phase, like a, a successful diet. And um, I think once you walk with them through that, like they typically will see a lot of body recomposition through that reverse dieting phase. And when you start restoring biofeedback and they're like, Hey, um, you know, sometimes they'll say they lost some fat and that's just an adaptive thermogenesis because they're a hyper responder. And that's great. And that makes you just feel like you're like the best coach in the world. But sometimes the, the scale might have not dropped, but it didn't increase. Or um, say the scale did increase a little bit and um, their sleep's a lot better or their sex drive's been increased. And overall, um, their life starts getting better and they now care less about the, the, the scale um, being, you know, 20 pounds less. And they care more about how they feel and how how, what their friends and what their family starts saying about them. I think that when you start walking through that stuff with them and you really teach them what it really means um, to feel good. And I think that Jason, well, this might've been Mike Miller talked about this 
um, a few weeks ago in Nashville at that conference. And he said, he said, clients don't know how bad they feel until they feel better. And I, I truly think that I see that firsthand with a lot of my clients. They really don't know how bad they feel until you get them actually feeling good. And when they feel good, it no longer matters as much about that small fat loss um, that they wanted to, to get. It was more so that they wanted structure and they wanted control over their own body. Yeah. And, and it's always, you know, you, we have conversations with people like this all the time. Right. And it's always like, you know, um, you, you need to eat more. And they're like, oh, well, I'm not hungry. And, and then, you know, maybe you see some breakfast. I don't eat breakfast because I'm not hungry in the morning. I, I feel stuffed. And, and you have to kind of walk them through this, yeah. um, this unfavorable conversation of like, like, look, like these things aren't normal, right? Like the way you feel, like you not being able to sleep, you having to, you know, dose yourself with either a sleep aid or, or melatonin or um, you're, you're trying all the, the quick, you know, the, the quick fix hacks and stuff like that. And that's not working yeah. for you. Like those things aren't normal. And it's, and it's not a popular conversation, but you're right. I think more coaches are having that conversation and telling people that, hey, like these things aren't good. And until you feel good, you don't know how bad. And I 100% agree with you on that. Um, so for you, like, what would you say, if you could boil it down to, like, what are the, you know, one to two things that you see pretty common uh, with people with their nutrition that, you know, are, are, are mistakes or issues that they're having when they come to you? Yeah, um, number one for me is going to be under eating every single time. For sure. Um, clients are typically always just extremely undernourished, and um, that's going to be number one. Number two, I would just say re like restriction or lack of education of or lack of education and application of real food. Like the relationship with food has been just completely um, trashed due to years of diet culture and years of people telling them, "Hey, eat this, eat this, or don't eat that, or don't eat that," because you you know carbs are bad or fats bad or proteins bad, and they just want to know you know, what is the truth and what works? And so they're, they're so afraid to eat this until you really start walking through with them um, of building a, a solid foundation for um, a good relationship with food. And I think so, so to answer your question, just two simple sentences, it would be um, chronically under eating and poor relationship with food. They're chronically under eating because they have a poor relationship with food. So if you improve the relationship with food, then they feel more comfortable about eating more food. Sure. So a person hearing like, Hey, like, you know, somebody's probably listening to this right now. Like, Oh wow. Like I'm totally yeah. that person. I'm that person that under eats. Uh, what are some practices that that person could start to use to, to start to reverse some of that? Because we know that, you know, there's gosh, all the issues that come with that, you know, issues, sleeping, sex drive, you know, stress levels, like, uh, inability to lose weight. It just the, the, the list goes on. Right. Um, what are some practices that a person can start to do? Uh, to kind of reverse some of these processes, just to reverse some of this damage that they've done? Yeah, um, I would say figuring out a structured day of eating. So figuring out what a normal day um, of eating for them is, is comfortable and maybe starting there. And that could be even um, depending on what their, their energy being burned looks like. So what are their training look like? Um, do they track their daily steps? So for me, I would say just increase their daily steps. If it's someone who's currently getting 6,000 steps a day, I just move them to 8,000 steps a day. So they start burning more. They start burning more. Um, mm -hmm. So increasing the food's going to help that. You know, if we break down like metabolism, it's energy increasing food. What is food made up of? It's made up of calorie. What is calorie made up of? It's made up of energy. Um, so I would say either picking, picking up your, your needs or your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, I would say uh, just figure out what they're currently eating 
and start cleaning it up from there and start adding a little bit more food um, in each area of their day. I think that that would probably be um, a good place to start. Sure. And when it, and, and when it comes to, you know, this, them simply eating a little bit more, do you, is there a particular macronutrient you increase or do you mainly just increase calories overall just to get more food in their stomach? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I think it depends on the individual and where they're currently at. Like I said, like I don't have a specific protocol for, for really anybody because sure. I know that everybody's completely different based off of their, um, their lifestyle. So I would say, you know, if they're currently tracking their protein and calories or if they're just tracking the calories, then I would have them start tracking their, their protein and calories. So if they're currently getting 1,200 calories a day and they weigh 135 pounds, I'd figure out on average how much protein are they getting and if it's you know, 75, then I just bumped that up to, you know, 125. And I would say, hey, start getting 125 grams of protein a day. And even though you're getting 1200 calories, let's go ahead and bump up that to 15 to 1600 calories. You know, that's, that's, I think that's pretty doable. Yeah. And um, I guess sidebar of that, obviously, what comes with being able to even know those numbers comes with tracking, right? So yeah. um, when it comes to tracking food, like, not everybody, need, I, and, and you know this, Tristan, this is more for the listeners, but like not everybody needs to track food initially, right? There, there's kind of a process that you get them to before they're even in a place to where they need to start uh, understanding that on a deeper level. A lot of times it's just fixing habits and changing certain things. Um, but for people listening, like why is it important at some point, you know, especially when you want a specific result, you need a specific input, right? Like why is it at a certain point that nutrition become or that tracking becomes important? I, I would say that it, you know, it gives you awareness. It shows you like, if you're not tracking, you really, when it comes, like gets down to like the nitty gritty, like you really have no idea um, the exact amount of food that you're consuming, you know? So depending, again, like just depending on where you are, if you're at the bottom, then I would say, you know, like the palm diet or figuring out um, specific, like just adding certain foods into your diet that work, you know, if you're already there, then I would go ahead and start tracking calories or calories and protein. And I think that's kind of like something that I've really, uh, learned from Cody is like walking through them like that cycle of you know if we're talking about tracking macros with everything else being optimized like that's the that's the top of the mountain so if I break that up into different like uh, sections of the mountain um, the bottom is going to be the palm diet like the second section is going to be like calories the third is going to be protein and calories and um, the fourth is going to be the top and that's going to be macros overall so uh, for most of my clients who are not there yet I figure out where they can start and where they feel comfortable at and then over a period of time, we start walking up that mountain together. Nice. I like that. Love that. Um, and again, the, it, it, the name of the show should literally be called, uh, you know, patience, right? Like how, how yeah, important it is absolutely. for people when you're going through this process is like, you know, sure. Is it, is it, can it be frustrating when you come to a coach and they're like, Hey, we're going to start here. And we kind of walk you up, you know, the hypothetical mountain. It's hard for people to hear that because we also, we often want this thing now. Like I even talked about before about, you know, I read the flexible dieting book. And then that Thursday I started up. Most people aren't able to do that. And it's not like, you know, I'm the coolest person in the world. It's just, uh, that's just my type of personality, but the majority of people aren't there and it, and it is unfavorable and it is something to understand. But you know, this, this kind of bleeds into like whether you will have long-term success or not. Right. Because you, you kind of said this in the beginning of the show is like it, losing weight is not the problem is keeping it off and then keeping it off you know, over the course of years and doing it in a healthy way typically is the issue, right? Um, so we've done a lot. We've talked a lot about, you know, mistakes and, 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 you know, bad practice for you. Like, what would you consider 
a good nutrition practice. Like if you could, you know, obviously there's probably like 30 different things that you would look for, but like, sure. you know, what, what would be your top, you know, three to five things that you look for when people are, um, you know, you would consider them to have a pretty decent nutrition uh, protocol. Yeah, I would say, um, again, going back to that structure, uh, structured day of eating and making sure that you are getting your micronutrients in, um, your macronutrient prescription is in place, um, but you also don't feel super restricted. Um, you allow yourself to, you know, if, you're, if your family wants to go out to eat, like go out to eat, and let's just make sure that when it comes to going to a restaurant, we know what works and what kind of doesn't really work or what, what can be more optimal. So I think that if you're getting your micronutrients in, you're getting your greens in, you're getting um, an adequate amount of protein, carbs, and, and fat in your diet, um, but you also allow room for some ice cream or some those non-negotiables so you don't feel restricted. And I think, you know, the perfect diet is the one that doesn't necessarily feel like a diet when you're seeing results. I, I truly believe that if you really reach out to any of my clients, they will tell you they don't feel like they're on a specific diet unless they're on like um, a really, really deep end of a cut, right? Uh, most of them, and even then though, but like we've set, we've set the foundation up so well that even then they're going on with their normal life. I, my biggest pet peeve are seeing people like um, competitors and, that, and that's, a, that's a big industry with where I'm at is competitors who are just, they're jerks. They, you know, they, they don't want to be a part of anybody. They hate everybody because they're on a prep or because they're doing this. And it's like, well, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. You, you choose, you choose that. And so I think for my clients, they don't really feel like they're on a diet. It's just, it's a, it's a way they live. It's a way they eat. Um, it's a way they just do life and it works and it's sustainable. Um, so I would say that that would be the perfect diet in my opinion. Sure. Love it. Love it. Um, so Tristan, I'm going to change gears a little bit here, man. I want to get more into, yeah. you know, you and kind of what you do. And, uh, I, I'm even curious, I'm real curious about this next question. Uh, we actually were talking about on our mentor call with you about, you know, when we're, when uh, Cody was pushing you to start your podcast, uh, yeah. where does the name the daily yeah. come from? I think it's super sharp. I think it's a it's perfect branding. Um, but where did that come from? I'm sure there's a story attached to that. Yeah, no, there definitely is. And um, I think that it really started out when I was, you know, when I, I started my business and I just had my clients. It wasn't, I didn't have an LLC. I didn't have a name for my business yet. I was just coaching my clients and, and I was really praying hard for God to give me a word. And so he, you know, so that every single year I come up with like a, a brand new word of like what that, like what has God given me? Um, what word has God given me for that year? And so he gave me relentless. And so like, if you look at like my hat, like this is my original hat. And so um, I love, I love mountains, you know, living in East Tennessee, you and I have talked about this multiple times. I love mountains and I love, I love what it represents in our life. And so originally I was like, man, like relentless. And I was like, relentless pursuit. And I was like, man, okay, this is cool. And so I made that, the, my, I made that the name of my business. And then I started like a little daily trainer membership for workouts. And I was like, man, what can I call that? And a good playoff was like the daily pursuit. And then I was like, man, something did not feel right within me of what I was doing. And so like, I, I asked God, dude, it was the craziest thing. I was like, God, like, you're going to give me a word tonight because I believe it. And so I went to bed that night, woke up, dude, like two o'clock in the morning. And he was like, daily pursuit is the name of, of your business. Like it's the name. It represents you. Like it represents who you are. And it represents like that daily grind that everybody is constantly going through the daily pursuit never really ends 
you know, because like every single day we're on a pursuit to be better. Uh, every day we're on a pursuit to be smarter and stronger and, and better husbands and better men and better women. And I think that that's really like the name behind the daily pursuit is being on a constant pursuit um, to just being the person that you feel like you're called to be where you can ultimately, ultimately live in abundance. And I think that like that is the pursuit for you. Sure. Love it, man. Uh, and I knew there was a story attached to it and it's pretty yeah. cool. Um, and, and your, your branding is very good. I look at it all the time. I'm like, man, that dude's good. Appreciate at this. It. Like, yeah. Uh, so for you, like, what are some habits and some routines that, you know, keep you grounded, right? A lot of times, a lot of times we often will hear, um, you know, we'll, we'll hear what people should be do should be doing. But, um, yeah. I know for me, like when I hear like what my coaches are doing or, what people that I admire are doing. It really helps me to kind of resonate with them on a deeper level. So for you, like what are some habits and routines that, you know, you do every single day that really help you to stay dialed in on what you have to do every day? Yeah. Is this as far as nutrition, self-development or kind of just like, everything? Uh, we'll, we'll start nutrition and then go through self-development after that. Cool. So nutrition, I would say I would wake up every day and I'll have myself a green superfood shake. And I think that most of us in the mentorship do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's not necessarily like that's the, like it's the perfect meal for you or for anybody, I think it like, is it good for you? Absolutely. But I think that it's the one thing that you do when you wake up and I, we'll touch base on the self-development where I wake up every morning and I make my bed absolutely perfect because that is like my number one success for the day. I go downstairs, I make myself a green superfood smoothie with all of my micronutrients um, in there. So my fruits, my veggies, my protein, and ultimately like I feel healthy. It's like the first thing that I did for my body. Um, and so environment was the first thing for making my bed and second was the superfood shake and that's the first thing that I did for my body that day um and so I would say like, that's probably the number one habit that I do love that man now when it comes to the you know the personal development side like um what do you do along the lines of you know for personal growth or you know for education like is there a daily thing that you practice every day there as well yeah so every single day I read 10 pages uh my of a like a I got the alchemist right here um, but every single great day book. I wake up, great book, great, great, yeah, great book. Yeah. So I wake up every day and I read 10 pages of my, uh, my self-development book, whatever it is. Um, I always go on a 20 minute gratitude walk, um, every single morning or a clarity walk at the, at the park. And, uh, that's what I do for sunrise every morning. So that's kind of like what gets me ready for the day. gets my mind, re- my, my, uh, my mindset, right. Uh, as soon as I get back, I read 10 pages of my self-development book. Um, I always take a, a like an afternoon walk. And it's kind of like a headspace walk where like on Spotify, you can go to like walking meditation. It's like 20 minutes and it walks me through uh, just to, like reset my mind and reset my soul for the day. Um, so those are a few of the things that I do every single day that keep my mind fresh. Sweet. Do you, do you, um, do you encourage your clients to do any sort of reading or practice along the same lines too? Absolutely. Yeah. So I require every client to either take 20 minutes of time uh, to their self, whether that's meditation, whether that's that gratitude walk, whether it's um, spiritual development for like their devotional and just a way for them to get away. And typically that's going to be like, you know, my niche is like I work with working moms. And so for them, like that's one of the best things that they can do is take 20 minutes out of their day, no matter what it is and just dedicate to, to them. So yeah, absolutely. Sure. Perfect. Perfect. Um, do you ever have any pushback from that? Like I know a lot of times people look at things like meditation and walking and, and, you know, reading and personal development and things like that a lot of times people can kind of downplay that or maybe just kind of turn their nose up to it um for you like what does that conversation look like and do you find that well i guess the the, the best way to frame that would be do you find that to be something you run into and then if so what does that conversation look like to get them to kind of buy into it because we know 
that, you know, again, and this all goes with, you know, deeper than diet, deeper than the macros, deeper than the nutrition is like your, your mental side and how you fill your mind up with, you know, good stuff versus bad stuff, habits that you, that uh, put you in power for the day per se. Like I always joke and I'm like, before I even get to the gym, before I even get to my businesses for the day, like I'm lit on fire. Like I've already spent enough time on me to where people can come in. They can plug in for you. So I know the value of it. You know the value of it. A lot of times others don't. So for you, like, how do you approach that conversation with somebody to get them bought in on, you know, why some of these, you know, self-development, personal development type things are so important? Yeah. So I think that goes back to that onboarding call and figuring out on those basic questions of what their life currently looks like. And I think that the one thing that I see that's missing is that they take time for themselves. Um, and so like when you tell them, Hey, like I need you to find 20 minutes of your day and, that, and if, if it can be 10 minutes, it's amazing. And it's better than five minutes, but if you can find 10 to 20 minutes a day to just take time for yourself, if it's waking up 20 minutes earlier before your kids wake up, or if it's even on your way to the, um, even if it's on your way to work or dropping your kids off or drop, um, after you drop them off, like listen to like a good guided meditation while you drive, um, just to get in your, in your mindset of what you want for the day and who you need to be, um, for the day. And ultimately who you who do you want to be right and so once you figure out who you want to be then you can break down who you need to be uh, to be that person and um i don't really get any kickback to be honest with you because i think that you know like we talked about education does drive compliance but i think that when you teach people hey like it's okay to take time for yourself and it's not selfish um then like they're willing to do it and the second that they do it there's never really any pushback on it because we talk about all the time like you know we we do everything we can to pour into others but for us to pour into others, something has to be pouring into our cup so our cup can be full enough so we can pour into others, right? And I think that if we're trying to pour into others with, a, with an empty cup, like nothing's, nothing's happening. And it's not really benefiting anybody. So when you, I think when you kind of give them that, um, I think that they fully understand it and they're willing to try it. And when they try it, I think that it, 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 it changes everything. Yeah, you know, you talked a little bit about the, you know, pouring out of an empty cup. Um, and people always go into the airline analogy, like put your mask on before everybody else. Like it's such a common thing, but I don't, yeah. even with like people knowing that, but that advice is very important. It often is something that people look past. Um, why do you think, you know, busy moms and busy dads and, and really just, we'll just say adults in general, why do they often sacrifice, you know, themselves, their body, their, you know, their mental space for the sake of others. Right. Because I, I, I can think of, probably a weekly conversation that I have to have with somebody. Uh, and I, and I, and I, I hate that I say half that I have with somebody that um, is trying to get them bought in on why it's important for them to do this for themselves. Right. We have people that come into our business and they want, and they want to be a part of it. And um, it's my job to get them to understand why investing in themselves is so important. Why, you know, a coaching, you know, spending several hundred dollars on a coach is better than, you know, trying to do keto while following a workout DVD at home, right? Trying to get them to understand that they're, yeah. <clears throat> why is it that, or if you could put your finger on it, what are some reasons that you think that people will often neglect their own self for others at the expense of completely losing their body and being unhappy? Yeah, I think that, honestly, that's a good question. I think that it's because we find so much value in helping others. You know, I think God calls us to serve others. And so we take that to such an extent that we forget about who we are and forget about what we need. And, you know, I had a conversation with a client a few, I guess a few weeks back and we kind of broke down and she broke down on me and she was a, she's a brand new client. And it was kind of the fact of like, she's, she doesn't remember the last time 
that she really took care of herself and she did something for herself. So we kind of reverse engineered it right now. You know, she's married with kids and, and uh, we reverse engineered everything and we kind of brought her back to high school and, you know, started in high school and she went off to college and she moved away. And so, her, so at 18 years old, her whole life became school. And then in the, within those four years, she met a guy and then, you know, her whole life became about the guy and then they got married. Then two years later, she had a baby. And then two years later, she had another baby. And then her life became about her family and her kids. And next thing you know, she's 30, you know, 30 to 35 years old. And she doesn't remember the last time that she took time for herself because she was so focused on everybody else. And I think that that's something that I see where I'm sure you see a lot too, is we get so caught up on the person that we need to be or the person that we want to be, or um, we get so caught up on where other people are at that it actually robs us um, of the joy of where we currently are, you know, and I made a post a few days ago and it was like, you know, I was at the coffee shop and I was sitting here thinking and I was so stressed out about where I was at and where I wanted to be and who I wanted to impact. And I really, I really forgot that, you know, just, just three to four years ago, like the, where I'm at in life right now, like I was praying to be, to be that person that I am now. And I was praying to be in the place that I am, I'm in now, but right now I'm so focused on being in that next phase of life. And so I think it's learning to be present um, in where you are and thinking God, where he has you in the season of life that he has you in. Sure, I love that, man. And, you know, you kind of highlighted something that I teach a lot and uh, it, it's super easy to fall victim of it. I do it in business. You clearly do it in business. I'm sure our mentors do it in business. Like it's so easy to fall victim to like, I'm not where I want to be. Right. Versus like looking back and, and, um, you know, I, I really admire, uh, Garrett White and I think you're doing the word coaching stuff as well. Like I really admire him. Yeah. I think that his message always resonates with me in a big way. And, um, something he always talks about is like why it's important to stay in gratitude, right? Why it's important to, to look back because without gratitude, you have no contrast. You're only in, you know, the spot that you are now. Right. But a lot of times we forget that where we are now, like for me sitting here right now, talking to you having my own podcast, I have another podcast, I've got gyms, like, like, you know, 10 years ago, if you, if you would have told me I would have that, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'd be, you know, as happy as can be. But um, literally, you know, beginning of this week, I was like, gosh, you know, I need to do more, I need to be more, I need to have more, like, this is constant chase. But it all relates to, you know, think about, and you guys listen to this right now, like, think about when, you know, if you go on, like, I used to be in the Navy, right? Um, I would often go and sit on the flight deck and just kind of watch the water and the sunset and and, and kind of just get my mind right before I go and deal with stuff, right? But, you know, whether you've done a cruise ship or you've been out on a boat and you're, you're in a big enough body of water, when you look off, you often just see the horizon, right? But what often happens is that as you move further, you know, across that body of water, miles and miles and miles, the horizon stays the same. It doesn't mean that you didn't get anywhere. It just means that the, the target has changed. Right. And, and I think that that's an important distinction to make is like, you know, where people come from uh, or, or where people are, uh, you often have to make sure that you look back and you have gratitude for that. And you remember that, um, you know, th there, the, the journey was something that you, you know, you definitely wanted. Um, and, and something that you shared, too, is like. When people neglect themselves, um, it also like, you know, moms, moms, dads, really anybody, when we neglect ourselves. It's often at the expense of not only ourselves, but at the other people as well. Because even though we are serving them, we're not as effective as we could be, right? Like imagine if you or I weren't sitting here having a fruitful conversation or we didn't spend time um, making our bed and doing these types of things. Like, you know, when we get and we finally do connect with our clients, can we really provide them with the service that they deserve? 
sure, maybe we can do good enough. But um, I don't know about you, but good enough isn't isn't good enough for me. I want great, right? So um, never has been. I, I love that you shared that, man. Um, so I, I do want to respect your time. Uh, we're coming close close to our our, our sixty minute time frame here, so I want to give time not only to to get some closing uh, questions. I don't have like a really cool personality question. I always joke yeah. around I, when, when, when I went on Cody's podcast and he hit me with a, like, you're on a airplane with this book and this person. I was like, Oh my God, I forgot about this. Right. <laughs> um, so mine's pretty simple. Um, along the years I have made it a point to, to get mentors, to get advice from people, to, to learn, to, to seek information from people that are further along in life. Um, and, and I really hang on to the things that I get as far as ad, uh, advice and quotes and things like that. Um, so for you, and, and if you need to think about this, I'll share mine, but for you, like, what is, what would you say was probably the best advice that you've ever gotten from somebody before? Ooh, that, that, that's a good one. Go so ahead I'll, and share yours. So if you, you need to think, yours. so, um, you know, I went to, uh, the, the perfect life retreat three years ago with uh, Craig Ballantyne and Bedros Goulian. And, um, during the talk, you know, something that Bedros shared and, 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 um, I had heard this before, but you know how he shared it and how he framed it to to you know his little talk was how you do anything is how you do everything, right? That piece of advice alone resonated with me because the same way you talked about making your bed perfect, I bet not only do you make your bed perfect, but you also try to coach your clients perfect. I bet you also probably push them towards not. And we know perfection is not real, but we know that we always try to push them towards better to make them as perfect as possible, right? Like all of those things. Lynn, how I coach people is how I treat my children. How I treat my children is how I treat my wife. How I treat my wife is how I treat my, my teams, right? All these things are related. And that advice alone makes it to where at any point, and it's kind of screwed up, but I like, I literally will pretend like, like doing this podcast right now, like I pretend there's a camera on me, right? Lynn, there is, but like at all times I pretend like I'm, I have a camera watching what I do. And if I don't perform in a certain capacity um, in one thing, I'm scared that it will get around to everything else, right? So um, for me, that how you do anything, how you do everything really, really resonated with me. And, and I try to hold myself to that standard all the time. So I don't know if that helped to give you some time to think about it. But yeah. um, go ahead and go. No, man, that was that was good. And that was very helpful for me in my journey and the season of life that I'm in right now. So I would say the, um, the number one quote that I, I use a lot in my business, it's as soon as you go to my website, man, it's right there and big. And it's nothing, it's nothing crazy. It's nothing um, just honestly insane. It's, you know, it's who you become in the pursuit of your goal is more important than the goal itself. And I truly believe that this, this goes for nutrition. It goes for training. It goes for business. It goes for relationships. Um, who you become in the pursuit of your goal is more important than the goal itself. Sure. Love it, man. Love it. I appreciate it. Um, so Tristan, man, go ahead and plug yourself. Where can people find you? You know, your social media, your website, all that stuff. Yeah. Go ahead and plug it and then I'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Tristan Winters underscore. Um, my website is www.thedailypursuit.net. And so those are the two platforms that you can find me. And uh, I look forward to hearing from everyone there. Sure. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on today. Awesome, dude. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness.
Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating and review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.